I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Rolling along, presented by uh, Progressive Insurance. And our guest, like Zach Lowe, coming up in a half hour on the Goodyear Hotline. Looking forward to that as we'll go through. This is a huge week in the NBA. Huge names could get traded. Uh, the kid in, in Philly, his name just jumped out of my head, Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons. Is probably the first one. Bradley Beal could demand a trade. Russell Westbrook could be on the Lakers. We'll get into all of that and more with Zach Lowe. And I don't want to get sidetracked by this again. All right? I got a bunch of stuff, I, real sports conversation I want to get to. But... We just were talking about sharks and the possibility people are going to get munched in Cali. <laughs> Here now, I, 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 Nuno sends me a story, Nassau County, Long Island. That's Jones Beach. That's, that's, mm-hmm. that's right. That's basically Queens. Basically. Yeah, that's close. There have been two days of shark sightings off the coast. There's now an increase in helicopter and marine patrols there. There's all kinds of concerns. They're spotted close to the shoreline. But, but I just need to read you one part of this story because there's always been something uh, Nuno in this that sort of it tickles me like there are some things that shouldn't have to be said to you like if I have to issue this warning to you then we have not yet identified the biggest problem so in this story it says here officials have, have issued the following advice to the public and the first one is if you see a shark don't get into the water <laughs> Did that need to be said? Is that not the same thing as saying, if you see a hammer, don't hit yourself in the face with it? Like, what? who is thinking? What people are we worried about that are going to say, oh, look, there's a shark. I think I'll take a dip. My reaction to that will be running out into the waves and frolicking rather than running like hell the other direction in case they actually can launch out of there like in Sharknado. <laughs> so, again, some things just should like 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 the legendary Seinfeld episode where George says, "Was that wrong?" Because <laughs> if anyone had told me when I started here that kind of thing was frowned upon, this is after he got caught having sex with the cleaning woman on his desk in his office. So there are some things that don't need to be. Le- we can't spell out everything, right? There, you can't explain everything. You just have to have enough common sense. Beach shark. Get the hell out. <laughs> Don't go in the water if you see a shark. Let that be your warning. So I've now saved the Nassau County officials <laughs> at least that much time. They don't have to type that up. They don't have to type up that warning. If you're listening in Nassau County, if you're at Jones Beach right now, if you see a dorsal fin swim by, don't go swimming. It's not that complicated. All right, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle auto, home, or motorcycle insurance. Visit Progressive.com. So there's all this stuff going on now with Deshaun Watson. And I never know how to cover this story because, as, as I'm sure you're aware, Deshaun Watson has been accused by, I believe it is now, 22 civil lawsuits that he is facing of, of 22 different women, and I think at one point there were 23, of some really horrible stuff. This is really serious stuff. If you've read about it, you know what it is. 
And so there's a part of me that does not ever feel comfortable just talking about the football end of it because that makes it seem like you're, con- you're, you're comparing the importance of the two. And there is no comparison. Football is a game, and this is really serious stuff. But th- there is a real story here, and, and that is that he has, he has now reported to training camp Chris Mortensen is reporting that the Texans have decided they're going to trade him and have basically told the league what the compensation is, and they're looking for five assets, a combination of five uh, draft picks and players. And then I just got sent this. Deshaun Watson's personal quarterback trainer was on Shefty's podcast saying he th- this was, they taped this on Friday. He thought he was going to be traded by yesterday and definitively thinks he's going to get moved very soon. He said, there are teams out there. He said, I think it could happen. His name is Quincy Avery. And he said, I think it could happen. I know there are teams out there that want him. Shefty says, again, they just sent out this little clip from Shefty's podcast. Shefty says, um, so even if he's not traded by Sunday, which we'll see when we run this podcast either Monday or Tuesday, you think it's only a matter of time before he's traded. And Quincy said, I'm 100% sure he'll be traded at some point. So... You know, we're a sports show. So at some point, that is an enormously significant sports story. And there are two teams that are most well-situated to try and trade for him if you're going to give up what it is the Texans would seem to want. They are the Eagles and the Dolphins. They have all these draft picks that they could trade. The Eagles, I think, would be in on it for sure from a football standpoint. The Dolphins might want to see what they have in Tua, and 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 so we'll see. But I don't think the situation now is one where Watson is going to get traded after the season. I think it's one where he's going to get traded much sooner than that. The questions begin then. What, if anything, does the league do? How does the legal situation that he is facing play itself out and how quickly? And no one has any answers. But one way or another, it, it did feel worth mentioning here that this is out there. And, and this feels like it's going to go somewhere very, very soon. All right, so we have that. And then we have the Aaron Rodgers thing. So over the weekend, I'm sure you saw it. Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams each posting simultaneously the same picture of Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen, and everybody's mind immediately went to the last dance. Everybody, because Rodgers is now in a position where he sends out all of these subliminal messages, is he basically telling us, all right, me and my best buddy are going are gonna to do this one more time they won a championship together, Scotty and Michael did in their last year. We're going to do the same thing, and then we're going to ride off into the sunset, as Jordan and Pippen did a generation ago. I don't know if that's what he meant, because he's not telling us. And to be clear, let me make it 100% clear. I love this. I like Rogers a lot, and I'm on his side. But let no one say he's not feeding into this thing in a huge way. Let no one say this is now overblown. This is the media making too much of it. Let's not do any condescending mocking of the talking heads. Aaron Rodgers is willfully and purposefully throwing a match onto the entire thing. The only thing more incendiary than a strongly worded quote is a cryptic Instagram post. It invites everyone, actively, not passively, to wonder what he means. This isn't posting pictures in Hawaii. That at least has some degree of plausible deniability attached to it. This is a no-doubter. 
Aaron Rodgers wants you talking about this. He wants us focused on this, probably because he wants the Packers to suffer. He hates Brian Gutekunst. He hates Mark Murphy. And the more people are talking about this, the unhappier they seem certain to be. And so I think that's why he's doing it. Remember, the day the Green Bay Packers opened their minicamp, Aaron Rodgers posted all these pictures of him on vacation in Hawaii with his beautiful actress fiance and other glamorous Hollywood friends. I'd never seen a picture of Aaron Rodgers on vacation in my life. And he has been famous a really long time, and he's been connected to other famous women, women more famous than Shailene Woodley, or at least as famous. We've never seen a picture. I never saw him in a bathing suit my whole life. All of a sudden, he misses minicamp, and there's the pictures. Then he shows up for the golf promo, right? They're promoting the golf event with DeChambeau and and Brady and Phil, and he's wearing a T-shirt that says, I'm offended. He's loving this. Rodgers is loving it. I'm still trying to treat it like a sports story, but he's not. This is not a sports story to him. He's just having fun with it. He's mad and he is trolling all of us. What hangs in the balance is an entire NFL season. Nothing more, nothing less. Just an entire NFL season. Aaron Rodgers, the reigning MVP and one of the small handful of greatest players ever playing better than he ever has, on a loaded team with a chance to win the championship, probably isn't going to show up tomorrow and might retire today. That's what's going on. He might retire today. To be clear, not because he's walking away from the sport forever, but because retirement is a way for him not to show up and not to get fined. And in the old, the old Marshawn Lynch, I'm only here just to, I, I'm just here so I don't get fined. Lion Rogers isn't showing up, so he's going to get fined, and it's fifty grand a day, and it can't be forgiven. So even for Aaron Rodgers, that turns into real money at some point. So he might retire. At some point today, we may get the news. I might be, you might be sitting here listening to me, and you might hear this. We have this just into the ESPN newsroom. Aaron Rodgers has retired. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers might retire today, so as not to have to play for the Green Bay Packers. So why is he posting cryptic Instagram tweets? Why does anyone do anything? Because he felt like it. I, for one, am delighted by it, but I do not want to hear from anyone that that we are overdoing this. This is overblown. I don't want to hear any condescending discussion of how the talk shows are blowing this thing up. Aaron Rodgers has lit in the match, has lit the match. What is it? Has lit? How do you say lit? In has lit. The, has lit, lighted? Litten is not a word, is, is it? Is it lighted? Has lighted the match? Has lit the match. What is the past tense of that? I think it's just lit. Has lit the match? Has lit. Or has lighted the match? Has well, lit, one way or the other. Has lit the match. He's done it. Anyway, I have actual breaking news. Adam Schefter has just tweeted that, that uh, the Colts have announced that Frank Reich has tested positive for COVID. So their head coach, Frank Reich... Uh, as as training camp opens, I mean, like the, the camps open tomorrow. My goodness! And now Reich has tested positive for COVID. That's 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 very discouraging. We we wish him the very best. I hate to hear that. I hate uh, that this is still out there. That this is still going on. It is so uh, complicated for all of us. I know. And and so look, our best wishes. I like Frank a lot. He's a great coach. He's a great guy. Um, our best wishes to him and his family. Again, every reason to believe that he'll be fine. 
So, wow, that just that just came out. I hadn't even seen it. That, that literally just popped up on my screen. Uh, Frank Reich, head coach, Indianapolis Colts, has tested positive for COVID-19. All right, uh, we will take a break. Uh, coming up, it should have been the biggest sports story in the world. Instead, you barely even noticed it. Details are next. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. It's demon time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100 times your money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at Prize Picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to PrizePicks.com/Greenberg and use code Greenberg for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. That's PrizePicks.com/Greenberg, code Greenberg for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Prize Picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply greenie the podcast with you on espn radio presented by progressive insurance zach Lowe in about 10 minutes or thereabouts on the goodyear hotline going to be a huge week in the NBA. Huge trades. Ben Simmons, Bradley Beal, Russell Westbrook, all that could happen in the next four days with the draft on Thursday night. So we'll talk about that and more. But speaking of which, uh, basketball, I, this should have been the biggest story of in the world. And did people even notice? Are you aware that the American basketball team had a seven-point lead with four minutes left against France yesterday and lost? That the American basketball team is in actual jeopardy of not getting out of the group stage at the Olympics? This is especially disappointing when you read a story. So Nuno sent me this. At the end of last week, there was a story that NBC posted um, in which Greg Popovich, who was the coach, said, and I quote, We've been preparing for France for two years. I think about it every day. Let me say that again. We've been preparing for France for two years. I think about it every day. Prior to yesterday, Team USA was 6-0 against France in the Olympics. Every game was decided by double digits. The average margin had been 30 until 2016. And now they have a seven-point lead with four minutes left yesterday and lose. They went 0-5 down the stretch. Wide open looks. And Wendy was talking about bad offensive execution and everything on the TV show with us this morning. And I'm sure there was. I didn't get a chance to watch the game. But doing the highlight, 
You can't blame bad execution on the fact that Durant has a wide-open three, Drew Holiday has an uncontested corner three, and they miss. And they wind up losing a game to France that could wind up really hurting them. So I guess the question is, shouldn't this be a bigger deal? We talked about this a couple of weeks ago after the Euros when I watched the, the patriotism, the insanity, if you will, of the fans in England and Italy, and we all know it, Germany, France, all those, everywhere in the world, people lose their minds over that. I feel like more people, you tell me if I'm getting this right, are more people into the American teams in the World Cup when, when the American soccer teams, men and or women, or in either case, I should say, are playing in the World Cup, I feel like people in this country are more into that than they are when our teams play in the basketball in the Olympics. I agree. hundred percent. Why is that? We don't care about soccer in this country. One, one millionth the way we care about basketball. Well, it's because we don't have a a soccer league equivalent to the popularity of the NBA. We don't think of these. But we have a soccer league. Sure. But we don't think of those guys. Like when I, when I see, when I see our soccer players, I think of them as playing for us. Like, when I watch Kevin Durant, I think of him as a member of the Nets playing for us. It's very, it's, it's very different. I mean, so, and for some reason, I think soccer is the one sport that I feel that way about. Like that, that's, it's, 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 I mean, and it's the same with gymnastics and the same with swimming. It's, it's different. Like when you have the NBA is a behemoth. Those, I consider those Olympic sports, and thus I, I view those athletes as representing me rather than representing the Nets or the, war, you know, the Spurs or the Warriors or et cetera. Okay. So, so what you're saying is that – there are some sports where these international competitions are the pinnacle of the sport, which is to say every player, I believe, on all those teams, England, Italy, even the American players playing over there, like uh, Christian Pulisic and, and, sure. and all of that, mm-hmm. would trade a championship in their league for a World Cup. Every swimmer's primary goal is the Olympics. They don't even have practically anything that is comparable. Not one player on that Olympic team representing us would trade an NBA championship for Olympic gold. That's right. right. That's Not right. one. Not one. In the same way that no one who was, that they have golf in the Olympics. Not one of them would trade a green jacket for a gold medal. They have tennis in the Olympics. No way in the world a player would trade Wimbledon for a gold medal. So it does make you wonder, is that the reason? Because, we view these sports that where the, the Olympics aren't the pinnacle of it as so much less important. Mm-hmm. But I think it's important to these guys. Like, here's, here's, what, here's what it comes. It's sort of a no-win situation. If we win the gold, everyone says, yeah, of course we did. we got Kevin Durant and we've got <laughs> Damian Lillard and, and, and all that. Of course we won the gold. And when we lose to France, it's like, you guys stink. It's embarrassing. It's an international, you know, catastrophe. And, and so there's really kind of a no-win yeah. to that proposition. I think that's probably – I think that you're right. I think that's probably why it's not that, that big of a story here. It's only, a, it's only any story, of course, when we lose. But I do think that you're right. It is a big deal to those guys. Those guys flew across the world. They showed up after playing a long NBA season, all NBA superstars. Greg Popovich, one of the greatest coaches in the history of basketball, is over there too. So it, ha- I mean, it matters enough to them to where they said yes. A lot of guys said no. Right. Those guys said yes, and they still can't beat France and, or Nigeria. And, and Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, and Devin Booker flew there after the finals. I mean, they didn't even take a day off. They went to a, <laughs> the Milwaukee guys went to a parade, and then they flew to Tokyo. So, Nuno, here's the other part of this that I sense. I sense there's almost the opposite effect 
there's almost people I, I'm feeling, if you read things on social media, that are kind of rooting against it. And that disturbs me. Mm. Like that, There's something about that that I find a little distressing. Nuno, what do you think of that? No, I agree. I think there are a, a large section of people that are okay and happy that they lost. And, you know, as much as... I love messing with Kevin Durant and, oh, like, is he going to be clutch or not? Can he lead this team to a, a, a gold medal? You still don't want to see it. You want to see entertaining games, but you still don't want to see the U.S. lose uh, an Olympic play. And I think in no matter what sports, but I think specifically basketball, because, yes, there are great guys like Luka and Giannis that, that are from other countries, but it's still our game. Yeah, if you watched the, the game yeah. against France, and again, I didn't get to see it, but we did the highlights and I was following it. I was actually on a train yesterday um, and I was following it along on my phone. You know, they've got Rudy Gobert and they've got Evan Fournier and they've got Nicholas Batum. I mean, they have an NBA team. Mm-hmm. They have a bunch of guys who play in the NBA, but they don't have Kevin Durant and they don't have Damian Lillard and they don't have those guys. And the Americans should win this thing and they didn't. And again, it barely made a ripple, comparatively speaking. You're saying that you're seeing a large collection of people root against their own guy. So, like, in other words, if you root against Kevin Durant when he plays for the Nets, you find yourself satisfied if the, if the United States loses, and he's a reason why. Like, to me, if, the, if those guys are wearing red, white, and blue, I don't care how much I, don't, how much I root for, against them. I always root for our country in every single thing. But it, sound, it sounds like I'm, I'm, I'm no. not, not an I miss that country. We used to be that country. Mm-hmm. We've stopped being that country. Mm-hmm. We, we are now in a place where if we disagree with each other's policies, we are now actually rooting against American teams in the Olympics, which in all honesty, and mm-hmm. I'm not going to get sidetracked with this, mm-hmm. in all honesty was something I never thought I'd see. Mm-hmm. I never thought I would see that. I never thought I would see people sending nasty notes at American athletes who are competing overseas saying, I'm glad you lost because of your position on this, that, or the other. It, it just is what it is. It, it is something I honestly never thought I would live to see. Some things have been low on our to-do list, but life insurance can no longer be one of them. If you're like me with a wife and kids, you need to protect them. You need SelectQuote. SelectQuote has been helping families for over 35 years. Get your free quote at SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. In the next four days, a minimum of one and probably more superstars are going to get traded. We'll get to the bottom of it right after this. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Greeny, the podcast. Yeah, Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. We're coming to you live, as always, from the Seaport District to Pier 17. We are brought to you by Chase. We are delighted 
uh, that you are with us. And we're going to bring Zach Lowe into the conversation here in just a few seconds because this has the potential to be an enormous week in the NBA. Country versus country, you versus the home printer. No matter the competition, you need natural fuel. Almonds are exactly that fuel for the best you. Almonds are natural, energy-packed, stay-on-task, feel-good fuel to power you through. California almonds own your everyday, every day. And with that, I bring the one and only Zach Lowe into the conversation. Good morning, Zach Lowe. What's up, Green? Okay, before we get into this, I have to ask you two questions. Because these have become bones of contention on the show. Mm. The, product I, the product I just read a commercial for, I'll spell the word for you. A-L-M-O-N-D-S. How do you say that word? Almonds. Almonds. No, he used an L. He did not pronounce the L. Do you pronounce the L or not pronounce the L? It sounds like kind of a double L, almonds. Oh, yes. But there's no L. No, it's not almonds. You're not saying almonds. It's almonds. Or you could even say almonds. No, 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 it's not. Whatever you just said, that's not it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I got one more for you. I'm going to spell another word for you. You tell me how you say this word. L-I-T-E-R-A-L-L-Y. How do you say that word? Literally. Not literally. Don't give me literally with the C-H. Literally. It drives me nuts. I was with someone this weekend who kept saying literally, and I almost had to leave. Like, I almost had to leave, get up and leave the table because I can't sit there and listen to someone say literally. It it, it made me itch in places I can't reach to scratch. Zach, does it bother you that much? It's a red flag. It's okay to say. It's, you're not being too judgmental to say it's a minor red flag. It's like wearing a if you wear a hat backwards over age forty, it's a little bit of a red flag. It's just something you gotta something you gotta overcome socially with other qualities. That's all. You are the best. I'm a huge Zach Lowe fan. All right, now we're getting someplace. So, Mr. Hembo and I were going through your podcast, you and Woj yesterday, breaking down all of this enormously important stuff that is about to happen this week. And we will remind one and all that the NBA draft is Thursday. It comes up real quick. And as a consequence, any of the wheeling and dealing we're expecting to happen is very likely to take place in the next four days. Let's start with Ben Simmons. Zach, what are we expecting? Uh, A lot of trade talk. I think if there's a name that is certain to be in play already in play, that's the name. And I think the struggle for Philly is going to be you know, they're dealing him from a position of weakness after we all saw the playoffs. We all saw that he didn't shoot in the fourth quarter. We all saw the free throw shooting. And so this idea that they want an all-star in return for their all-star, I think they're going to have trouble finding an all-star who is both available and gettable without tossing in some picks and other stuff atop Ben Simmons. Obviously, they're going to wait out the Bradley Beal thing like everybody else, but they'll have a lot of competition for a player like that. Well, let's talk about that since you mentioned it, and, and we'll, we'll tie them together if they deserve to be tied together. What are we expecting as far as Bradley Beal is concerned? I don't really know. And, you know, there were all these reports over the weekend about how Bradley Beal is contemplating his future and this and that. Really, that's just a fancy way of restating the status quo. Bradley Beal, and like any other superstar in a situation that isn't perfect, is sort of constantly contemplating his future. And will he request a trade in the next 72 hours? I, I really don't know. I, I, I don't think anybody really knows. I think it's 50-50, maybe something like that. But we are running short on time at this point because if draft equity is involved, the Wizards are wanting, obviously going to want to control those picks if, if draft equity in this draft is involved. So the closer we get, I think the more likely it is that, that it's the status quo remains. But there's still time. To be clear, for anyone who didn't see it, there were reports out there that Beal was going to 
request slash demand a trade at the beginning of this week. And, and there's, there's to your point, there's a lot of uncertainty as to how he will. So when you said Philly was going to wait out Bradley Beal, what, what did you mean by that? How were those two things connected? Well, I, I just think Philly would be, you know, like I, I said, that I think they'd have trouble finding an available all-star caliber player for Ben Simmons. I think Bradley Beal would be one of those players that they would try to get involved with. I don't know if Washington is in, interested in Ben Simmons. I'm sure Washington would say that, hey, Ben Simmons is great. We watched the playoffs, too. We'd like a first-round pick. We would like Tyrese Maxey. We'd like swap rights. We'd like a whole lot of other stuff. So it would be a complicated conversation. Greeny and Zach Lowe, who's with us here, you know, the Low Post podcast and everything else. He's on the Goodyear hotline, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear more driven. I, I happened to be in the D.C. area this weekend, so I was watching uh, and, and listening to some of the local conversation. And there's a lot of speculation as to how tied together the Beal situation and the Russell Westbrook situation are. So um, I'll just give you the floor on that. What can you tell me about Russell Westbrook? I think it's very similar to the James Harden, Russell Westbrook situation, where they kind of both saw the writing on the wall at the same time and kind of who can get out first kind of deal. And I, I, and I, think, it's, I think that's not atypical. I mean, I think that this, this discussion, let me be clear, is I think far into the future, like minimum months into the future, but it's almost similar in Portland with Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum. If you're going to trade one for just rebuilding stuff, you might as well just trade them both for rebuilding stuff because the other one who sticks around is going to say, wait a second, you just traded my co-star for a bunch of rebuilding stuff. I, that doesn't really make sense. So I, I don't think that's atypical that if, if one is traded, both would be traded. But trading Russ ain't easy, and, and Russ has been able to be traded only for sort of other albatross-type contracts or, in Chris Paul's case, what people wrongly conceived as an albatross-type contract. Yeah, and so you mentioned Paul. Again, Greeny and Zach Lowe, there's so much here. Um, because everyone's waiting to see what the Lakers will do. And I'm hearing Chris Paul's name connected to that, and I'm hearing Russell Westbrook's name connected to that. What, uh, what are you hearing, and what are your expectations? I don't expect either of those players to end up with the Lakers, but you, you can't rule it out because they are the Lakers, and I think they'd be willing to trade almost everything they have available to trade to get somebody of that caliber. It's just they just don't have very much to trade even Dennis Schroeder is a free agent so they'd have to sign and trade him that brings up all sorts of complications I just haven't heard a realistic deal particularly for Paul who has a lot of value coming off his second team all NBA season right like we all remember these last three or four games of the finals where he was just sort of good by his standards not great but he had a great great season I haven't seen a Lakers package that's realistic. Russ is a different story because I just don't think he has a lot of trade value. I think I think the Lakers package, whatever they could cobble, would get them in that conversation. All right. And, and so uh, just to sort of put a ribbon on the Lakers of it all, is it your expectation that they will do something big? Like like they, they sat and watched this thing play out, the injury to Anthony Davis and everything else. Would, would you expect in the next four days the Lakers to do something monumental? No, uh, I'd say medium size. I'd say Schroeder size, really. I mean, mm-hmm. see what they can get for that. But but that was the idea with Dennis Schroeder. He's going to be the third guy. He's going to be the point guard to take some of the load off LeBron and, and run the offense. And the problem is he didn't shoot it well enough. So they'd love to get somebody like Kyle Lowry. That's sort of the perfect third cog for them. Kyle Lowry wants a lot of money. I'm not sure how the Lakers get to that number and give Toronto an assign-and-trade whatever Toronto would want. So I think it's going to be a medium side. They will do something because look, this is LeBron's going to be 37. Like if you have 37 year old LeBron on your team, you got to try to win every single year. So they're going to do something, but I would bet on medium. Okay. Zach Lowe with me here. And then that brings us 
to a name we haven't mentioned yet, and that's Damian Lillard. And you touched on it with C.J. McCollum. But Lillard, and, and he is busy right now with Team USA. And, and, Zach, just a few minutes ago, I went through their loss to France. That They have some business to take care of before they, he and they can start worrying about their NBA next step. But clearly that's out there, and the Lillard thing has been out there through much of this offseason. What's going on with him? The best intel we have now is this is not a this offseason thing, mm. that, that the Blazers will have this season, at least up until the trade deadline, to prove to him, however they might be able to do it, that they can build the kind of team that he wants built around him. Now, they have a lot of obstacles to doing that. Their contract situation, their trade asset situation is a little rough. But I don't think as of now, like this could all change. He's around guys in Team USA. Like the NBA changes fast. But as of now, I would expect Dame to start the season with the Blazers, which really means the trade deadline, unless something goes completely haywire, is is when you'd first see real noise again. Again, Zach Lowe here. The Low Post Podcast is the place to get all of this insight and more, except when we're lucky enough to grab him here. Uh, a couple of other big names that are out there. Kawhi Leonard, his his future depending upon his state of mind, can be in uh, in some question. What what should everybody be thinking about when it comes to Kawhi right now? I'd put it like this. I've heard nothing that I would consider credible or actionable that he's going to leave the Clippers. That doesn't mean that he's going to 100% lock to stay with the Clippers. I would bet heavily on him staying with the Clippers as of now because whatever I've heard has been conjecture, smoke, nothing that checks out on phone call number two, three, and four. So I, I, I would be I would be pretty confident he's staying with the Clippers. Okay, and then let me circle it all the way back to the beginning of the conversation for the last question. We were talking about Ben Simmons, and that has been the primary name in all of this, dating back to the Sixers losing to Atlanta on their own home floor in a game seven. Is it at a place now where they have to trade him, which is to say – you just brought up that, that the teams may be hesitant to give up superstars in return. Is there a return to Philly for Simmons? Do they have to move him one way or the other? I actually don't think they do. Now, I haven't talked to Ben Simmons, and I don't know his state of mind. Maybe he, maybe he feels that they have to move him. There's no question the toothpaste is at least somewhat out of the tube, right? But I, I don't think they have to just for this reason alone. There are other ways to upgrade their team and their guard rotation. You know, maybe they can get into the Kyle Lowry bidding. Maybe they can get it. And if you get a player that fits around Embiid and Simmons a little bit better than what they had, particularly a ball handler, you can talk yourself into, okay, we've papered over some of our weaknesses. Simmons might look better in this ecosystem. We can rebuild his trade value a little bit. See what happens with Willard. See what happens in other situations. Something always goes haywire in the NBA. It's like clockwork. There's going to be some crazy situation. Someone else will become available. I think if you can have cooler heads prevail, they can talk themselves into that and and go forward for at least a few months here. I don't think they have to trade them now. Okay, fair enough. It's going to be a fascinating week. And again, Zach, you and Woj and everybody working all these stories. And I look forward to hearing all about it. We'll talk again soon. Thank you, my friend. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Rini. There's Zach Lowe with great insight into all of this stuff. And then to circle it back, just great humor when it comes. And I think also insight into the social faux pas. And, and, and that, I, see, I'm, I'm fascinated by this stuff. I'm consumed by all that stuff. And I, was, I will admit to being somewhat distracted throughout the entirety of the basketball part of that conversation by the beginning of it, because I agree, literally is something you have to overcome. 
Like if I meet you and you say, oh, it's, it's literally great to, to, to meet you, Greeny. My first thought is, eh, this person's got some work to do. Question for you. Yeah. If on your very first date, your beautiful wife, Stacy had used the word literally and said literally, would that have been a red flag? Yes. Would, would, would your life have turned out any different? I mean, I, 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 probably not. But <laughs> literally is a red flag. Literally is a problem. You know what another one I have a problem with? And I hear this one a little bit. Mm. So what are the, the Aaron Rodgers side and the Green Bay Packers side? They're, they're sitting down, they're having talks, they're in a room, they're holding Vs. What do we call those? Negotiations. You ever heard people say, negotiations? We're negotiating this? <laughs> I hear that a lot. Negotiating. You hear that a lot? Oh, yeah. That's a thing. Negotiating. They're, they're in the middle of heavy negotiations. Ooh, that's a bad one. That's worse than literally. Now, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't be friends with that person. Like, I can't be, and, and I cannot have a relationship of any depth mm. with a person who talks that way because I will constantly be thinking about but it. How, yeah, how common does the word need to be for it to really throw you off? Like, well, negotiation and literally are pretty common words. Literally is a pretty common word. It's very common. Yeah. It gets used in, in conversation once a week at minimum. Yeah, at right? least. Someone will say that. And it's usually, and it's usually misused. <laughs> now, let, let me ask you a question. Right. No one ever says literally correctly. And by that, I don't mean the pronunciation of the word. Literally means literal. It's the same thing I always say to the people who guess what the weather is going to be on your television, on, on the news, when they're guessing the weather for you, because that's all they're doing is they're guessing. When they tell you there's a 100% chance of rain, it, is, it has to rain. You can't say something changed. That's not what 100% means. It's literally a lock if it's going to happen. If you tell me there's a 100% chance of anything, you can't then tell me something changed. You have to factor that into the equation. The possibility of change means nothing is ever guaranteed. That's why I've always said every football player should be questionable. Every day, every week, we are questionable. Every one of us questionable and you know in the little parentheses where it says ankle knee shoulder it should say destiny like your destiny is unclear am i working tomorrow it's questionable i'm planning to work tomorrow you're not probable tomorrow i i, I guess i'm probable okay my designation could be listed you. as probable but any number of things can happen it, so so that's this it's not 100 percent certainty that's the only point i'm making when it comes to weather now nuno Here's the reason that I was thrown by this. The one thing he sort of pointed out as a, as a potential fatal flaw is people over the age of 40 wearing a baseball hat backwards. Now, I'm over the age of 40, and I every now and again will flip a baseball hat around, and I kind of like the way I look in it. So you tell me, is that, Nuno, is that a faux pas? Am I committing a faux pas if I put a baseball hat on backwards. I would rather see that than you with a visor. Oh, the visor's not even in the, in the conversation. A visor, I don't even... I, who, who, why I, do they even make those? I think your faux pas is creating, literally creating this thing that people <laughs> say negotiations. Like, I can't You've even never do. heard anyone say negotiations? No, I get, oh, yes, no. you have. Uh, yes, you have. You have heard that. I'm telling you right now. I'm not going to say names. They weren't British? There was someone who worked at ESPN for a long time who used to say that on the air oh, all no. the time. And it threw me off all the time. Oh, no. They would appear on the old show. They don't work at ESPN anymore. I'm not going to say their name, someone I like. I'm not going to. But it, every single time they came on, 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 on Mike and Mike and said it, I was always like, well, why are you saying that? You do one of those, though. You do one of those. What is it? I 
hate when you use the words consecutively. An, A-N, historic. <laughs> An historic, you have said for years, and it has bothered me every time but you it's, did it. But it's, it, it's, it is grammatically correct. But H is a consonant. It is an historical fact that this is true. It is <laughs> the word historic. Yes. Is, yes. A, is correctly preceded by N. I'm no. not sure the figures of speech, I'm not getting that all right, but it's correct. A, it is an historic event. No, it's an if the next word starts with a vowel, and it is a if the next H. word starts with a consonant. It's an honest. Are you ever, if I said to you, oh, it was an honest mistake? <laughs> no, it's an honest mistake. When an H is followed by a vowel, it, it sounds is, better. But it doesn't I, sound better. Are you telling me you think that the correct way of saying something is an honest mistake is by saying, sorry, yes. it was an honest it's mistake? Like, it's like when you say you're an idiot, which no, you get a lot. No, you're an idiot. <laughs> right. You're not a idiot. You're, you're, right, because I is a vowel and H is a consonant. No, H when followed by a consonant is correctly. No one would ever say that's a honest mistake. <laughs> All right, I can't believe we got into this. Uh, anyway... We'll see you tomorrow. We're done. The time is up. I'll see you then. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast. We're just weeks into this year, and the news is already nonstop. Two overseas wars, a presidential election already testing the democratic process, a former president in court. It can feel exhausting, borderline impossible to keep up with, but we can help. I'm Brad Milkey, the host of Start Here, the daily podcast from ABC News. Every morning, my team and I get you caught up on the day's news in a quick, straightforward way that's easy to understand with just enough context so you can listen, get it, and go on with your day. So kickstart your morning. Start smart with Start Here and ABC News because staying informed shouldn't feel like a chore.